Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast with your hosts, the Battle Bros, Taylor and Isaac, the Prince of Precision. What's up, Isaac? Thanks, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, I just finished a trip to Portland there and back again for a road to Nats. You and, did. Uh, stopped by your uh, beautiful abode to uh, record. We actually recorded last week, and it was like hot garbage. So totally not the content. Again. The content was great, but we just fucked up the recording procedure, and yeah, it was. So we're doing it right. Non salvageable. Yeah, it might be what, like our unsalvageable. Lost, there we go. It might be our lost tapes or something someday, ten years from now. <laughs> you know. Yeah, like <laughs> as a Patreon bonus, you can listen to this unlistenable. <laughs> episode it'll be great irrelevant episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally about the meta from a decade ago exactly um so on today's episode we are going to kind of take a bit of a dive with isaac uh on his road to nats um we're also going to talk about the uh effects on the game that pro magic players who are joining are going to have and as well as spoilers Oh, yeah. This is a bit way better time to record anyway, because uh, spoilers just came out. Yeah, totally. So that's really, really exciting. Um, we have all these like uh, sleeping bags and blankets hung up on the walls to help the sound fidelity. So I hope that works. And it is making it a little warm in here. <laughs> <laughs> the sleeping bag's getting you from... <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, fortunately, Taylor owns a lot of sleeping bags, apparently. So we're getting real soundproofed in here. <laughs> I'm an outdoorsman, <laughs> outdoors person. Okay. Anyway, um, this is a bonus episode. Totally. So we're uh, we're not going to do any of our segments, no structure, none of that. You know, mm-hmm. I, actually, I have a lot of fun doing those, but we're not going to do those this time. Yeah. Good. So. That's good to have that at the top of the show. Yeah. And then we will have another episode, uh, next. Yeah, next week at some point. Uh, We should have some more spoilers and our final road to Nats of the season. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, At the top of the show, I would like to shout out us as potentially the, from our calculations, the only podcast to have both hosts top eight eight road to Nats. Yeah. (laughs) You're right. There's still time. Yeah, totally. I mean... I was most surprised. Hayden really dropped the ball on this one. Like, I can't believe he hasn't made a single road to Nats yet. Yeah. Which is pretty surprising, but somebody has to pick up the mantle. So, uh, you know, <laughs> sorry, sorry. All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> oh, too good. It's too good. Friend of the pod, Hayden Dale. Um, <clears throat> okay. Uh, let's start out with some shout outs. So I have none. Oh. Over um, to you. I'm just going to shout out Mox. Uh, boarding house in Portland Um, and they have a few locations and uh, lots of you out there probably already know this or have been to stores like this but it was by far the coolest game shop I've ever been to as it was like the real you know bar food giant game room and like very nice tournament area like solid wood or very convincing fake tables in a large room you know um (laughs) And their their miniatures set up area is just like it was like everything was top notch and it was really fun and it made the experience like it's just really nice when you go in and there's like lots of people who 
love playing board games and all the employees are you know loving being there we're faking it really well or something you know (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah great place thanks for hosting in the city so you gotta fucking find parking somewhere but Oh, that's the only downside. It was, the, it was wonderful. The majority of listeners understand having <laughs> to find parking. You can't just park where you want in yeah. one second. <laughs> yeah, totally. In okay. our middle of nowhere place. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, great. Excellent shout out. Oh, shout out to the normal cast because it kept me company for my drive up and back. And it was a very long drive. Nice. And, you know, podcast. You didn't general. listen to our podcast? No, we didn't have one. <laughs> Okay. I did listen to the new Session Blood and Arsenal Pass, though. Oh, nice. But then those were over, and I still had a lot of driving to do. Oh, cool. Awesome. Well, I have no shout-outs, and we're just going to quickly move on to news here. Yep. So we have any news? I think the only news we really have is that LSS had a kind of clarification on qualifications for nationals that some countries... You can just show up and other countries like the U.S., you have to qualify, whether that's based on your 90 day XP uh, or uh, top fouring a road to Nats. And then that also it's free. You're you don't have to buy a ticket or anything, I think was part of that. Oh, nice. Yeah, which was really cool. And I think this is entirely population based, right? Or demand based yeah. for smaller countries. Did they clarify like. I know Kieran said a long time ago that for smaller countries, they might lump several of them together and have a multi-country nationals. Or are they going to have a nationals for each country um, with enough? Well, anyway. Yeah, well, we, um, I don't know. I don't know. I was know. just wondering if like Sweden would have its own nationals or if there would be a Scandinavian nationals or something. Right. I can check really quick if you want to fill time. Oh, sure. Um and today we're having this lovely uh, Mirror Pond Pale Ale from Deschutes Brewery, Bend, Oregon. Very, uh, you know, in theme with my Oregon trip. And uh, also, apologies to all the listeners. I'm like very tired for having just sat for, you know, the past three days and done really nothing. I'm like surprisingly worn out. So I'm going to do my best to uh, produce the best podcast I can. But I'm just drinking this beer and uh, trying to chipper chipper on up here. <laughs> Uh, fill enough time. Yeah, totally. It it's, appears that the majority of the European countries who support Flesh and Blood will be having um, their own nationals, not cool. grouped together. So Sweden has their own. Finland has their own. Shout out to Finland. I love Finland. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and like Portugal, Norway all have their own. So Sweet. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't see why you wouldn't be able to like go, you know. Especially in Scandinavia there, I'm sure it's got to be kind of easy to travel around. But I don't know. That could be ignorant Americanness of me. Anyway, there we go. Sweet. Yep. Uh, so that's it for the news. That's it? Yeah. Except that's... for spoilers, but we'll get to that. Yeah, totally. Um, We have more Road to Nats results trickling in, but I haven't seen very many yet. Um, I mostly go off of Tower's List and... You know, postings I can hunt down. Yeah, that's uh, kind of the... They take a while to trickle in. That's kind of the definitive list for sure. Yeah, today's Monday. We're recording on Monday. So um, so most, I would say a few, quite a few, most of the, I guess, results will be in for sure. 
Um, so far there are not. Well, I guess there are quite a few, huh? Up the hill. Um. Oh, Bravo one Mox Portland. Sick. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it nothing new or surprising. I think is up there. It's uh, the yeah, more of the same. The you know nothing has really really changed. Chain's dominance continues. People are still playing Bravo and winning every once in a while. Bolton's winning stuff, etc. Um, so yeah, uh, the meta breakdown has not shifted very. Yeah, totally. I'm sure if we did a deeper dive into the numbers, we might find something. You know, four four Levias now have top aided, which is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, we have seen uh, and seventeen Reinars out of nowhere all of a sudden. Sweet. Yeah. I mean that's. Yeah, I mean Reinar is a good deck, right? I just think it's like real bad against Chain, or maybe Bolton also. Yeah. But it's like fairly strong against everybody else, so maybe. You know. Maybe that's the strategy, right? Right. Yeah. No, we still see Chain winning 40% of events that they're in. <laughs> so, sounds about right. Yeah. Um one thing though that we've seen has been uh I I think there's like a move towards more aggressive decks, right, over the past couple weeks as uh you know, control has started not working as well against Chain and then um also with more um control dash prevalence that kind of like outs control katsu um makes it tough on bravo uh you know um or classic bravo uh so while maybe on paper the meta hasn't changed that much i think there has been like a a moderate or slight shift towards more aggressive builds Um, right i know the player who won the bravo um the, the mox portland tournament with bravo um he beat me in swiss mm. um he was definitely running a much more aggressive uh bravo build yeah totally uh it also looks like we're seeing a lot of other countries this weekend uh who have road to nats and we have some other kind of outlier winners that we haven't seen before like some more prisms uh dorinthias and that sort of thing so whether that's due to an underdeveloped player meta because it's like a new situation or you know maybe those countries have figured some other stuff out i know the guy who won in poland is like a professional magic player and was at the you know world championship finals game in 2018 or something like that you know so he's like very good (laughs) (laughs) totally yeah yeah some of these um countries have like you know 13 player road to nats or something and i don't know if their uh meta is the same as ours or different than ours or ahead of ours or you know what um you know what dictates who wins there but yeah reinar with a win in spain won the whole road to Nats. yep whoa good for them (laughs) totally yeah so excuse me um we're not going to do a a bigger deep dive into that um just because in the u.s right it's kind of the same same thing going on 
yeah that we've been yeah. seeing but it is a good segue kind of into talking about like your road to nats experience so you took azalea ace in the hole <laughs> or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally you went hard mode uh you kind of had a poor showing no offense at your first road to nats at game castle oh definitely and then uh you kind of went back into the lab did some retooling did a little bit of testing played some levia instead of playing azalea <laughs> almost entirely levia in and, between <laughs> and then just went to up to portland uh high-fived thomas and then top aided third ever well i don't i guess maybe third ever in road to nets anyway third in this season powers list well who knows what happened in new zealand oh yeah i don't think there was an arcane rising oh i I guess they had a few road to nets yeah 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 there definitely were but third ever just correct me new zealand (laughs) yeah we'll just say third this season right yeah which is pretty an illustrious situation you have not only put the podcast in double host top eight, but now puts you in kind of the pantheon of players. Thanks. Hall well, of Fame. You tell me I'm uh, the best Azalea player all the time, well, it's true. which is very flattering, but uh, it's like real hard to live up to. <laughs> kind of. Phrase. Well, now you're the prince of precision, so you got to live up to that. Um, yeah, I definitely. Um, you know, definitely tried real hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I certainly should have done a lot more testing in between the last road to Nats and this one, for sure. Um, I was just, like, pretty busy. And um, some of our later night testing sessions, uh, you know, I have a hard... I'm just not that productive late at night. Um, you know, I played a couple games in the afternoons, but uh, I just feel like I know the deck so well. And even if I swap out some cards, it like doesn't really affect me very much. Um, it's it's just more about knowing, um, you know, very precise things about each matchup. Like I'm still unsure whether I go first or second against Chain, um, but that matchup is like r- real bad and has like so much nuance that I would have to play like maybe ten or twenty games to uh, get like some amount of data to help my matchup at all you know yeah totally i uh, uh i understand that i was also pretty psyched on Leviah the past week or two for i'm not really sure why but um so yeah sometimes when i wasn't feeling in a scientific mode or just <laughs> tired or you know whatever sitting down to play um by the way thanks for the games thor mike we played a number of rounds across a couple days um so yeah, I guess uh, I think this tournament, it was just my performance was much better, right? I was like prepared for like players slow playing me maybe or like, you know, just like variables like that. Um, right. Yeah. Like you, how to behave in a tournament setting. Right. Used to the environment for yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Whereas last time was like, you know, well, I guess I'd played a little bit of like destiny or whatever, but um, I was almost entirely inexperienced or had you know little experience with that kind of thing so i think that that was kind of the main factor in this one being um a better showing nice yeah excellent so how about give us a just kind of uh some of the highlights right so you guys played five rounds 
right? And uh, unfortunately, right, spoiler, you played Thomas round one. Right? This is you, like just our luck. Whenever we enter <laughs> things as friends, we always have to play each other. Yeah, totally. Uh, Such a bummer, you know, to have to play your bud round one. Yeah, it was just 30 people there. And what's up, Thomas? Um, <laughs> Tom, and then Thomas and I are the only ones who know each other. Or, you know, like he's the only one I know. Right. Um, and then I play him round one out of 29 people. So um, that's pretty rough. Um, but we had a really good first game. Thomas was on Bravo. Um, and I pulled that one out. I had uh, in the last Road to Nats, I'd played a pretty tight game against a controlled dash. So I was like a little bit more practiced and prepared for like what I needed to do um, to try to get things done against, you know, that type of matchup that's like pretty tough. Um, You know, I also think like people aren't teching for Azalea, right? So I think Bravos are like a little bit slightly more vulnerable um, at least to Azalea at the moment than the like deep, deep control 24 defense reactions and hammer swings or whatever, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so that opens up like a little, a little bit, makes it a little bit easier for me, but still not a good matchup. Um, but yeah, I took it out against, uh, Thomas. He may get me next time. You know, <laughs> it was like a good game. Went the full 48 or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I think I won three to nothing. Um, yeah. And then round two, I beat a chain round three. I, uh, I lost two to nothing to a Bravo, um, who was on a pretty aggressive build. I mean, they all have defense reactions, right? right? But like on a, like more aggressive build, um, I was doing like pretty well. Uh, and then he back to back crippling to me, <laughs> you know, like I, I had one of those turns where I just threatened damage and didn't control the game enough. And he had a crippling setup, which was fine. I like had a defense react and blocked my tunic and a card. But uh, then he just drew into the next crippling, um, he said, which is just how it rolls with Bravo sometimes, you know. Um, yeah. And kind of, uh, you know, a, a loss round three is kind of tough, right, to handle because it maybe means you're not going to make top eight then, right? That's like the final round you really need to win before you start losing, you yeah. know? So when you you sent me the message like, ah, lost to Bravo, tough matchup, I was like kind of crushed, you know? Because <laughs> I was like, because I had known you were 2-0 then and I wasn't there and I'm just like at work, like at my desk, you know? Um, and I was like, ah, dang, man, the pressure's really on. He's really got to like win this next one and potentially he could lose the next one and still make it in. But fortunately for you, the Bravo you played seems like won the whole <clears throat> tournament. Yeah, won the whole tournament. Yeah. So he was, he he maybe you know who knows uh, went undefeated or in the in Swiss or lost their his last round or whatever. I think he was undefeated. He might have gone four and one, but no worse than that. Right. So he was like either one or two. Definitely. And yeah. so yeah. So that, that really helps you out, right? Yeah. That you happen to face a really good player and then lost to them, and then they kind of upped your strength of schedule definitely um yeah i was uh kind of taking your advice though i wasn't really thinking about all that i mean of course i would think about it like after every round or most rounds i'd like go outside and have some mask off time in the air you know yeah (laughs) but um and after two rounds i was like feeling pretty good 
Um, and then after the third round, I was like, oh, well, now I like have to win the next two, probably kind of depending on how other right. players were doing. But, you know, then it's it's like, well, I can't really think about that. And just like one pretty huge advantage I have is that I'm like, like I said, I'm just so comfortable with this character in this deck that it's just like um, I don't I can certainly make mistakes and get nervous and stuff, but I can just like play my game like I mean, I'm still playing, you know, um like, I think, like, they're with, all tough matchups. With no armor and no weapon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're, they're like, all, all definitely really tough matchups. Not that I'm, like, comfortable playing them, but I can just, like, pilot it comfortably. Right. So um, that makes it easier for me to be like, oh, shit, I have to win the next matchup. Oh, you know, it is what it is. I just have to, like, focus and play my game, um, which I think is, like, definitely like I said, a pretty big advantage compared to if I'm playing a deck I'm not very familiar with because then when you get tilted, you can like really throw your deck way off and uh, lose pretty fast. Yeah, um, totally. It's like, um, I, I guess I just get less tilted. You know, when the second crippling comes down <laughs> and you're, you know, don't have a defense reaction arsenal, um, you know, you think really hard about your decisions, but you just kind of like, I don't know. I'm just able to like play the best I can towards, you know, into the end of it. Um, not that I didn't make any mistakes or anything, but right. Um, yeah. And and if this is your first episode, I, you know, Isaac has been a, uh, Azalea day one -er, you know, the battle bro method was to, you know, split up eight characters amongst four friends. And Isaac was like, Azalea, that's, that's the one I want to play. I want to be this bow wielding, uh, sassy assassin lady, you know, this is who I am. And totally. you've just this been is me on the inside. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> and you've just been on this deck constantly, you know? Yeah. So you've like put in a lot of work. It, yeah, definitely. And since, it's always been hard. October. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. also changed quite a lot, right? Because yeah. we, I'm still kind of uncomfortable with the new meta in this new deck because I mean, for like, because we started in, august or september or whatever and then yeah. up until oh also happy one year anniversary yes <laughs> nice we high-fived <laughs> um so for like my entire flesh and blood career we were playing this metagame that's just like you know dorinthia is really strong or like maybe mid-range katsu is pretty and it's like i'm so trained to just I'm going to force you to play my game where I like trade two cards for two cards and you like have these even exchanges and Monarch just blew that out the window. Now you're playing these like hyper aggressive, like power combo decks that the game's over in four turns, whether you want it to be or not. So um, uh, when I say I'm comfortable on my deck, I like have had a lot of practice, but this new, like I, my deck is like very much not optimized now because um just the meta's changed so incredibly much. You still have to contest with Bravo and Dorinthia, but now you also have to contest with like Chain, right. um, which is, and Bolton, <clears throat> which is pretty nuts. So uh, I guess I'm a little uncomfortable in that, or like Aura Prism, you know? I'm like <laughs> right. pretty uncomfortable in this new new world, but uh, you know, um, anyway, I just wanted to clarify that <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not just like so comfortable on my deck, it's whatever. <laughs> right, it's, you, it's, it's like, like really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. But. it's not like, yeah, I've solved it. Azalea, yeah. <laughs> sleep dart. You just sleep dart chain. That's it. It's that easy. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> Thanks, internet. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> totally. God. Uh, 
Okay, so how about you you blast us through these last two rounds of Swiss? Oh, um, and then I I got a win against a Kino, um, <laughs> which is like pretty. It was like a very skilled Kino player and like a very scary matchup because I only rocked toll to like uh, inbuilt Null Rune because right. I don't have enough blues anyway to sideboard. I think I run six blues. Yeah. Um. So that can be a pretty bad matchup for me, but. Um, if they don't like draw fire and I just put on the gas, um, it's like pretty, you know, I can do it. Cause if I play like red rabble for four, go again, or like E strike for five, go again. Um, and they don't know what's coming, then I can, you know, follow up with an arrow for eight. Or if they like do something really crazy, I still can like pitch a card and arrow for five or so, you know, something. Right. Um, I think it makes it a lot harder on wizard when you can come in for like five go again and still have like three cards. Right. Um, did you win the dice roll? Um, I did. Nice. Did you yeah. go first too? Or did well, you go no, second? Second. Okay, cool. Totally. I was just wondering what your yeah. strategy was. Yeah. I think he, he dealt five or six damage turn one or something. Cause I only have no room two, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I just pitched, I think I had all reds, maybe. <laughs> I just like pitched him all the block, but yeah. Um, I still think that's better, right? Than giving him two turns at it. Yeah, before I mean, I can go. When you were texting me about that, his first mistake was you guys sat down across from each other and you went, "Oh, sorry, I'm I'm really sorry. This is just a bad matchup for you." And then you won. Yeah. <laughs> so this is like uh, PSA number one. There's a later PSA in here but don't say that to someone you know no matter how you say it because you either sound like uh a jerk and then when you win it like feels bad for your opponent or then you lose and then you just look like a dingus right so like just say good luck totally i mean he was uh sympathetic not shit talking (laughs) but yeah he he was like you know because I already knew it was a bad matchup and was like, oh, shit, <laughs> I'm facing Kano. And then he was like, oh, yeah, this is a real bad matchup for you. Sorry. Or something. And I was like, fuck. But it's like I know what to do, you know, so I just do it. <laughs> right. I hope he doesn't kill me. <laughs> right. Yeah. So good but on I, you. He got me down to seven at the end, which is like, it's always too close for comfort, but not, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, and then I, like, squeaked out a win against a Aura Prism at the end, which he, like, almost decked me and basically went to time. And he I, and that player also made top eight, right? Yeah, he yeah. did. Um, which, that matchup's, like, pretty gnarly. So when I face Prism, I, I have to side in, like, everything because I don't know if it's going to be Herald Aggro or Aura. <laughs> but the Aura's, like, really scary because they can just kind of fatigue you. Yeah. Um, so I have to do it that way. But then I have to have defense reacts and stuff in in case they're going like aggro heralds. Um, but I I can like kind of handle the auras. Um, you just got to like pressure and keep a lid on it because it's like they really build them up. You feel like they have nothing going on, but then they attack you four times for one and then arsenal something and like they're really winning. Yeah, because so. the, a real distinction I think in your deck is that you play into a lot of dominated arrows, right? Whereas yeah. it looks like some other decks are kind of the Vogue uh, Azalea strats are kind of a go wider aggro situation. 
but you're all about like red in the ledger 12 dominate you know oh yeah that's kind of your deal yeah my deck's a lot different than the other lists i've seen online that's kind of the popular way to play azalea right now maybe like a pretty generic heavy um full aggro deck that um that maybe ends with an arrow like some decks run like 10 to 15 arrows or something which is quite low i think um and you know this is just how i built it based on my experiences um but i i still you know i can flex fairly wide you know between ravels <clears throat> and sikkim shots and uh e-strikes and uh i run two captain's calls now and two razors and snapdragons so it doesn't seem like that much when you lay out all the cards but then um it's like a lot of turns I can go. I can go like generic attack too wide, a- arrow yeah. dominated for eight or something. Yeah, or like block with two cards and then arrow for eight or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, well, so so my yeah. point on that is that then herald prism or aura prism becomes a lot harder, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't have the like I'm gonna still threaten, you know, seven damage and then like have this piddly kind of attack at the end at your aura, right? Yeah. They can really run away with the game. Because, like, one, you know, they play out an aura, and, you know, oh, I I have a red rabble in my hand, and I see another one on top. Sick. Rabble, rabble, then pop their aura. But then, like, another turn, it's like I have a pretty killer hand, but, um, you know, they just played a Genesis. So, and there's, like, no, I have, like, no way to get go again, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, it can be pretty tough. Um, I kind of deck myself in that match, but it's... You just, like, can't give them any breathing room. Right. So I, like, have to throw everything at them. You know, they they kill a lot of your buffs with Arclight Sentinel. But you can't just, like, not play cards. Because <laughs> on the turns they don't have it, you got to, like, catch them. Right. Um, yeah, yeah so it's, it's, it's pretty gnarly. Like, if I throw Remorseless at them for eight, you can't play defense reactions from Arsenal, right? Right. But um, then they, like play their instant to make three soul shields instead <laughs> right. from arsenal and yeah you're like ah fuck <laughs> <laughs> curses yeah yeah uh so you got sentinelled in that game how did that player oh, three times oh he played all three yeah uh, i'm assuming it's a he sorry they played yeah, all three yeah. um so how did uh he play that was it like take aim and then he played a sentinel or did he, he like play it on his turn Oh, no, you'd, yeah. like, play it after I play oh, mine. Okay, yeah. But he's running the Luminaris build, so it would always take him three cards to play the Sentinel. Um, so it would burn, like, one of my buffs, right. or maybe two. Um, but then I, like, have to throw an arrow anyway, because otherwise the Sentinel right. just stays out. Yeah. So it burns, like, two or three of my cards, which is pretty tough. But Yeah, that's kind of like, a lot of value there. There's, like, no way around it. Right. I mean, I, I could run time skippers for one of my six blues. <laughs> or like not... out of arsenal time snap potion. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I, I side in three command and conquerors for that matchup, but there's I just don't have more sideboard room for right. Right. more stuff. Um, right. I'm just wondering because I feel like playing Arclight Sentinel is kind of is one of the higher skill plays maybe in or a prism builds, you know? And so I just wondered if he had a kind of different kind of tech on how to play that and that sort of thing. Um, no, it's just really, I mean, so I don't know what it looks like from his side, right? Cause it's like possible, um, 
you know, I've like caught him with his in it, it in his hand and like caught him out or something. Right. You know, like, um, or he couldn't afford it or, you know, whatever. So there might've been like pretty heavy downsides, but, um, you know, definitely when you, you play it, it's just good for that, you know, that like mill strategy, right? It like doesn't gain him anything, but if I already have a momentum, it just like thins my deck further. Right. So, right. Okay, cool. And so you go four, one in Swiss and you wound up, uh, placing third in top eight. Which yeah. is a really good place to be at because then you you get to dictate who's on the play and who's on the draw, right? Right in your next match. Um, yeah, and then so yeah, I was third overall, and uh, then I faced a chain going into the first round, um, who had a tunic play mat from having <laughs> won a road to nationals previously. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just like a really skilled chain player. Um, and that's like a pretty tough match for me. Like, um, I, I just made this up. I don't know if this is true, but I think I win like, (laughs) well, I'm about to throw some numbers out and say they're based in nothing. (laughs) But, um, I, uh, I maybe win like one in three of that match, but the two I lose, I get like pretty steamrolled because it just, it's like, I have to have a maybe a little above average game and you have to not like high roll me turn two or three. Cause even if at, before you have your shackles built up and hit those like killer stride turns, you can still just have like art of war soul reaping turns and deal like 25 <laughs> before the shackle build up, you know? Yeah, right. Um, and if I don't like have an equally powerful stop to that, um, it's just really tough. So yeah, for me, also the husk that makes it really tough right. as well but um yeah so for between me maybe needing average or above average draws and like n- needing you to not hit a really fire hand that's like makes it pretty low odds that i'll win you know i mean i was trying but again if i don't get it i get like blown out i mean i think he beat me like it's like 12 to nothing 10 to nothing something it was like oh yeah you know, S- smoke show yeah, totally. yeah. um and it kind of sucks because by, you know, turn three or four, it's like, I know it's over. It's like insurmountable. Yeah. Well, I mean, but. yeah, that's that's a real stinker. But I mean, on my side, you know, and we, we've we talked about this a couple of times now, but I mean, you told me you were 4-1, you made top eight. You know, <laughs> I was like, at, you know, at my desk at work and just like dancing and freaking out. And I just couldn't focus. I was like pacing around the house, like, "Oh my god, he just got to win one more game, one more game." Yeah, and, t- Taylor wants a nationals, buddy. So <laughs> yeah, like totally. Really Come on, man. And so, uh, I, Thomas was still there, and I was like tra- messaging with Thomas, and he was giving me the meta breakdown of the top eight, and I was like, "Fuck, this is all bad matchups for Isaac." Like, <laughs> God damn it, I, who's he playing? Like, and then you were Thomas told me you were playing Chain, and I was. Sitting there going, well, I guess there's like variance involved in that. So you could win like better than Bravo or Prisms or even the Dorinthia that was in the top eight. But after talking to you, you were like, no, I would have rather played someone I had already played before because I would have maybe had a better chance or felt more comfortable in that matchup, you know, yeah. which also fair enough, you know. Yeah, to, just the chain matchup feels like it. And this is, you know, I hate to say this in a game of skill, but it feels like the chain matchup just has more variance 
from my side of it, yeah. you know, um, not in your favor. Yeah. Or just like, I have to draw hotter than you and yeah. like chain has a way to mitigate that by having a bigger hand than me. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. not, not that it's unwinnable. It's just like tough. And you know, those other like Bravo and Dorinthia or whatever, like tough, but maybe, you know, I, I don't know how many I could win. But it feels maybe less. Maybe it's like forty yeah. percent. Or so, you know, it feels like I I can like play my best game and have like a good chance at it, right? Um, whereas the chain one just feels a little more out of my hands, and that's partly because, you know, it's definitely my own fault for just kind of like a lack of preparation, right? Because right. as that game unfolds, every turn I'm faced with like um, I could block out some damage, right? How much? But, and then it prolongs the game maybe a turn, but then I deal less damage, but then I maybe see slightly more cards, right? But then the if it buys us a turn, then we're really in the shit and turn, you know, <laughs> six. five or six yeah. with jackals and yeah. stuff. So, you know, it, I, I think back on it and it's like, well, turn two, I could have blocked more and taken, you know, six instead of. 14 or whatever but then i would not have dealt any damage or applied any pressure right um and so it's like every turn there's like really hard decisions to make um if i'm not drawing really well uh so yeah i could improve on those but there's like 17 of those for me across (laughs) you know four turn game or something so it like makes it like um like a, it would just take a lot of reps. Right. Yeah. You know? And that yeah. and that's kind of what we learned in one of the interviews from the devastation, right? That's what our our lost episode was on. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's what Jason Chung says is like, you know, playing chain is definitely more forgiving, but playing against chain is way less forgiving and you have to play really, really tight to yeah. be able to beat them because all of your decisions dictate the outcome of that game you know and your opponent has way more decision points than the chain player potentially does right right so and you said how chain like if you make a mistake on chain you can still be kind of bailed out maybe on the next turn or whatever but you know as the opponent you maybe you lose because of that decision yeah Um, yep yeah and it's just like there's a lot of talk about how Azalea's hit effects are so good or all these coming from non-Azalea players and how <laughs> Azalea beats Chain and all this stuff. But it's not, it's like, you know, in reality, it just kind of goes like, um, you know, I have to like take a bunch of damage, present a threat, right? Um, if it's a sleep dart, you know, say you have a shadow puppetry and a rip. You don't care. You just take it, swing back for more damage. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe it is something that'll like cripple you quite enough or whatever. Um, so you block with the husk, right? And then, um, you know, it's quite hard actually to dominate arrows with Azalea. Um, made easier when you're playing with like five card hands. But, uh, you know, it's not like I can just choose to do it every turn with whatever arrow I, you know, I want. And then, you know, as the game moves on, you take, like, more damage to maybe, like, uh, you know, so you get really lucky and you, um, you know, you dominate Red and the Ledger for five, you know, or seven or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And say so you, like, get it through and hit them, then they just take a turn off, play E-Strike for seven back at you. <laughs> so then to keep your cards, you just, 
you know, then you have another decision. Do I take seven more and I'm like, I'm almost dead. <laughs> Are right. these cards going to like cripple them enough? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and they get a like, you know, in our testing, I was pretty happy to take Red and the Ledger early in the game. Right. Because it just, <clears throat> excuse me, builds up my banish zone. And then I just have a bigger combo when you don't have Red and the Ledger. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's too tall in order to like you know, dominate sleep dart you for eight or 11, two turns in a row, then remorseless for two turns in a row for eight or 11, then red and the ledger at the end for yeah. 11. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it, the deck just doesn't perform. Totally. Yeah. You only well. have like nine arrows you really want to see in that matchup and you have to kind of see them at the right times. Right. And you have to like, and have a buff or two. Yeah. And a way to dominate it. Maybe. Yeah. You know, or, yeah, yeah, totally. It's just like too many, too many things which you could probably you could definitely get there um but it would take a lot of a lot more prep right yeah you know and it's easier it's just against really good chain players it's like really really hard yeah against like mediocre chain players i kind of like usually slaughter them because they get kind of tilted right yeah um, they're like ah yeah what sleep dart <laughs> um i do run um, three knocks and two memorial grounds that kind of help you get there. So if you draw red in the ledger early, I'll usually just fire it at you and you'll just block it. But um, <laughs> just to get in my graveyard so then a memorial ground would hit it. So right. then I only have to draw a knock. Drawing red in the ledger is less good, but you know what I mean. Right. Um, yeah. I have like ways to try to like yeah. mitigate the randomness, but it's just, it's like, it's tough. Yeah. And that's so anyway. like, and that's the tough part too is that like, Red and the Ledger is the best one, right? Yeah. And then maybe Sleep Dart and then Remorseless. But right. the the jumps between how useful those cards are <laughs> is very big, totally. right? How much you care about them. Yeah. You know, like. I mean, Remorseless has really shown for me when they have a bunch of like seeds and blue attacks. And right. so they take seven damage over their turn to not deal that much. But most of the time, it does not have much of an right. effect. Yeah, totally. And Sleep Dart is just like kind of okay. You yeah. know, you can get around it sometimes and stuff. So, but so yeah. Anyway, that was a long explanation of that. But no way, it's cool. Fresh in my brain. That's what the people are here for. <laughs> you know, we the, the Azalea. Yeah, the breakdown. Pr- yeah, people want to hear from the Prince of Precision. You know, I get to use it all the time nice. now. Nice. Yeah, making it uh, stick. One thing I will say is, like I said, my deck is like far from optimized. Um, one thing I've noticed playing Azalea's like resource cards are like pretty dog shit. <laughs> um, just compared to because I also play Leviah and Reinar, who's yeah. like some of their blues are like quite good. And Azalea's are like pretty bad. Um, or maybe not. Just yeah, different. You, I don't know. Because you just have like knock is your best blue. And then you have like blue arrows or pumps that only do plus one. Yeah, and you know I, I, mean? I usually run yellows, but then it's like you run like yellow sleep dart just to up your arrow count. And because it's pretty good against most heroes, <laughs> but it's just for four, you know. And then I have like yellow captain's call, or you know, and then you can sub in yellow whisper because it blocks for three or whatever. But it's just like none of these are like super impactful cards in your deck. So I've been like uh, trying out different cards quite a lot. Right. Um, so with, with that in mind... Um, kind of like what are if you could give us like one to three kind of takeaways from this road to nats you know i feel like we've kind of hit on that but if you have any like sound bites right on that 
Um, about the tournament or about Azalea? Uh, kind of either. However you want to interpret that question. Um, sure. Um, <laughs> well, for, I mean, we've already said this, but the meta just seems really healthy, like being at that store with everybody playing all these different characters. It's like what a card game should be. Right. You know, it's yeah. like very, very cool. Yeah. Um, also, uh, always the other azalea player in the room like we bond over <laughs> playing ranger you know yeah <laughs> so that's like always fun um also like you know um sometimes people root for me because i'm playing the underdog which is pretty funny yeah um but um i will say i mean azalea has a lot of strengths right like um being able to throw out like uh well, against most heroes, kind of moderately disruptive to very powerful hit effects. Um, some are harder to deal with, like Prism or Dash. But um, being able to throw out those hit effects with damage on them can be like kind of hard to deal with, especially if you're not used to playing against it. And especially if I'm playing like uh, Fervent Forerunner or Rabble or E-Strike or whatever, um, and then I still have two or three cards and you don't know what's coming next, it, like, puts people in a really difficult position to block. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, so, like, two things I want to add in here on this, you know. Sorry to cut you off on your takeaways, oh, no, no. you know. Uh, but, A, I'm very thankful for the 6,000 games I've played against you on Azalea. As, yeah, thanks at, for all that training <laughs> totally. on Viserai <laughs> versus Azalea. Yeah, and so as we move into the... Tales of Aria, Lexi meta, I will be more prepared than I believe the rest of the field. Totally. You know? Definitely. And then the second thing is like, we had a really close game. I forget who I was on. Was I on chain? I must have been on chain. And you had done something fucking really tricky where you sequenced your cards in such a way that you tried to bait me into an incorrect block and then we're going to late game Red and the Ledger me. Oh, yeah. And I actually. I messed that up because I thought you had one more armor than you did. Totally. But, yeah, yeah. but you were still in the in the right way of like hiding the information for me and stuff. Yeah. Right? And only because we have played together so much. I've played against that hero so much. It was more or less like it was one of the matchups where it was less about because some of our games are Taylor versus Isaac and it doesn't really matter who the heroes are. You know what I mean? <laughs> But this was specifically like a high level Azalea play to try to bait me into blocking incorrectly. And I could have given <clears throat> away a piece of armor and then not stopped the red in the ledger. Yeah, right. Because you like the second one on the chain. Right. Or you, you fucking yeah. dickhole did something <laughs> stupid like sleep darted me. And for then like eight dominate, and I can <laughs> snapdragon it and yeah. then run the ledger for like eight or something. Yeah, like that. totally. Something yeah. stupid. So. And I had, it was more tricky than that, but I had sniffed it out, yeah. right? And only because I had played against Azalea so many times and was like, this is the only thing that blows me out in this game. I blocked correctly, saved myself, and then like, you know, killed you or whatever. But Definitely. in a, another matchup, if it was like that, you 100% probably get that through, you know? Or yeah. maybe not, but you like, maybe not 100%, but you have more of a chance of just baiting out that other two armor block I have on that eight rather than me giving up a card, 
you know definitely nobody knows what we're talking about but i wish i had had that play in my semis game or you because i think quarters yeah yeah because i think i would have uh fooled yeah most other players yeah 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 Uh, that that was like a very good tricky play thanks that was you're also really difficult to play against because (laughs) i've like trained you so well to beat azalea that it's just like really hard to play you now is this where we make out on the pod (laughs) (laughs) sorry maybe that's too far (laughs) um okay yeah and i would say one of your takeaways for sure my third thing was like your your mental state into that game you know that you had been or not into that game but into Into the the tournament tournament that that you had you know learned about the environment and that you kind of stayed really present in every game you know i think that's uh important you know i had a long uh monologue with colin the other day about like my mental preparedness you know and um i don't know how much he took in he kind of maybe glassed over (laughs) in the the eyes a little bit but i just talked about like this is how my mental state needs to be for performance right in other people's potentially are like i'm just here to have fun and like take the pressure off that way but if i do that i do dumb shit so i have to be focused on in the present moment you know what i mean so you know it it depends on the person for sure yeah and that i mean it really helps just like with so many because i only played two characters right it like helps with so many reps and with that comes like some confidence in my play so i'm able to be like oh well now i have to win the next game but then i'm able to just revert back to like I like know how to play this, you know, fairly well, right? So I can just kind of like settle back into that mode, right? Or like I might lose, but you know, I don't have to like be like, okay, what's the best decision to make or whatever. I can right. just kind of settle back to like, yeah, okay, this is how I would play this because right. I've like been here before yeah. most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so kind of what cards for you in your deck like overperformed from your expectations? Um. Oh, I have a couple more on the... Oh, oh, takeaways, sorry. Yeah. Um, another thing, these will be real quick, but just another like spot Azalea kind of excels, like maybe when you're playing against uh, Dorinthia or Katsu or somebody like that, you can kind of just... And this is in like too ideal of a world, but you can like block with two cards very well and then swing back for like eight hit effect. And you can kind of repeat that. Yeah. Not that nicely but um you know that's the general idea so that's also a pretty good strength is like kind of consistent um you know good exchanges if you need to switch to that mode um i the biggest like and this is this is kind of goes into spoilers but um i i'm like hopefully most excited for a little bit more flexibility in the arsenal because i feel like azalea's maybe one of the biggest weaknesses besides not having a weapon to being subject to fatigue um, is just like the inability, like, so when you play against Bravo or Dorinthia, right, you just arsenal unmovable, right. And then go about your day and then just like blow them out, keep tempo, you know, it's yeah. just like how it works. But with Azalea, you just like are unable to save a card in arsenal. So I think players that don't play as uh Ranger kind of underestimate that weakness. Like, you know, I like side in all my defense reacts and I'm playing Bravo and then, okay, I prioritize keeping one to arsenal it. Then they swing hammer. Then I have to use that defense react block hammer, which is okay. But you know, like a little bit of a waste 
because I have to free up my arsenal to then like fire back or like operate on my turn. Because you kind of ideally more want to like save that. Right. With yeah. other characters, you can to save that crippling kind of keep keep the tempo up. And then they're like, OK, cool. Here's my window. And then you're like, ha, suck it. No, it's yeah, not. I was you prepared. Know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that uh, that's why I'm looking forward to maybe a little bit more flexibility in Arsenal, which like may not happen with this set, but could. Um, I think that that would be a good power bump um, right. and kind of a needed one. Um, yeah, I guess that's about it for my takeaways. takeaways. Okay, overperforming cards. Oh. Take a gander at that that list there. Yeah, okay, remorseless. <laughs> this card is mean. It's like it's like fucked up how good it is. Um, it still requires a bunch of setup, right? But it's just like remorseless dominate eight or like eleven or like whatever you can pull off. Um is like really good counter to um to control. Because they can't defend with reactions from Arsenal. Um, so you're going to get some damage through. Um, and then if you throw increase the tensions in your deck, which is a buff that uh, this arrow cannot be defended with defense reactions from hand, um, that really helps as well. The dream is like parrying them together, so no defense reacts. But as Thomas pointed out, because I like, whenever I play that card, I can't see its effect because I don't know what's in your hand, right? Um, increase the tension or remorse. Increase the tension. Okay, yeah. um, but I asked Thomas and he said he had a really good point about how it, when we're getting down to the wire at the end of the game, he doesn't know if I'm going to hit him with an increase the tension or remorseless. So he doesn't know like whether to arsenal the defense react or keep it in hand or just like kind of puts you on tilt a little bit trying to deal with that. So... Um, you know, that like in conjunction really helps, but like just remorseless with, um, you know, with knock and with memorial ground and then in deep control matches, I put a remembrance in and then shuffle probably three of those back in. And then you have a pretty high chance of, um, dominating it off the top again, just puts in a lot of work and makes these like pretty unwinnable control matches because, you know, again, like I don't have a weapon, so you can pretty easily fatigue me if you have a good weapon. Um, it like that's like my bread and butter for competing against yeah. the control. So you ran increase the tension. Yeah, it's only in there for um, Katsu in case it's control dash and Bravo. Oh, there it is. OK, <laughs> it's like heavily sideboarded out. Right. Gotcha. But, gotcha. Yeah. OK, sorry. I just didn't see it in your list there. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's so funny. The sheet doesn't have enough space for all the red cards you run. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, Feign Death is rad. That card is good. (laughs) I've like uh, caught a lot of people off guard with it. Um, You know, just like if you take the first Dorinthia swing and then they pile on the buffs and think they have you on the second. Or if like... um, Ninja, like, you know, uh, Kadachi, Kadachi, something for five or seven or whatever. Um, Fain Death is really good off of a tunic yeah. um, counter. But it's also, like, pretty good. Um, you know, if they're swinging for, like, seven or something, or Command and Conquer or whatever, that would, like, strip two cards anyway. So even if it sucks and you don't have a tunic counter up, if you use a card to pay for it, it's still, like, not the end of the world. Um, 
Right. Very situational. Sometimes it's like a dead card in your hand, but it's a yellow, right? So, yeah, that's okay, I think. Um, I, I mean, there's like a lot of endless arrow is like great because <laughs> you can like razor it to fire it again. Um, you can use your equipment if they, you know, um, trying to get it to hit, give it go again, load it again. Um, or there's like kind of tricky things where you can like fire it, give it go again. Say I captain's call or snap dragons it. And then I get it back in my hand and maybe it's like the extra resource I needed, or maybe it's like the E strike card to put on the bottom. Right. So like in addition to the go, maybe once a game, go wide endless arrow play, just getting it back in your hand sometimes can be like pretty powerful, especially with E strike, you know, nice. Like giving you an extra card. That's kind of sick. Yeah. It's (laughs) like, it's a really good arrow. That's great. Um, yeah, and I guess that's, I mean, Memorial Ground doesn't block, but that card, you know, shines sometimes. <laughs> it's just like fetch an arrow in your graveyard and dominate it. Yeah. It's it's like knock in that it's one of those cards that it takes like a whole card just to do something, right? You still have to like pay for it and buff it and like have a card in Arsenal. So it's like a whole extra card, but it's like worth it in the situation. Yeah, because that's it really uh, kind of a... Uh, a bit of parody i feel like memorial ground is maybe initially was like the darling of azalea players right and then in practice you're like well it doesn't block and you know yeah. but you've stayed on the memorial ground train yeah well it pitches right doesn't block but yeah it's like it's upside is pretty good in certain matchups i'll run one or none of them like against Dorinthia, I don't remember if I run one or none, but it like doesn't block and you're like arrows don't really affect her too much. Right. So um it's like less good. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. Um, last card I do sideboard six take covers. Uh because that reload ability is really good. You can it's like a little dead if you already have a card in Arsenal, but if you arsenal it or don't have a card, um something that no other character can do is you can like block with it and then you can reload anything you want but you could re- also reload these cards like plunder run or foresight or things that are like much better from arsenal yeah you can totally. do that the same instead of like taking a turn off saving plunder run arsenaling it if you draw it with reload it like i mean that also works with take aim reload, right. plunder run then pay to load an arrow right. or whatever yeah. but um um i found that that defense reaction is like really really good yeah Okay, that's that's my rant. Cool. Well, then the last thing I have for you is like, what changes would you make to your deck, if any? Um, it would have to come with more testing. Okay, it's yeah. just it's that's mostly totally like against like chain, right? Or maybe um, or a prism. I just need my deck to output even more damage per turn. Is kind of what it comes down to. Um, um I might take fervent forerunner out. Um, there's a, but I have two blue Ridge Rider shots, but it blocks for three. It ups your arrow count. Cause I have had turns where that's the only arrow I draw. So at least you can load an arrow and keep things moving. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, captain's call is pretty underwhelming. Most turns I draw it, um, yellow sleep darts, pretty underwhelming, but again, you have to keep your arrow count or attack count basically, you know, up, which 
you can tow that line sometimes. But again, there's like not not a ton of great yellows and or blues, especially that block for three. Right. So um, so yeah, there's like definitely some underwhelming cards, but I'm like kind of unsure. I just like vacillate, right? <laughs> right. I used to have poison the tips because it's like pretty good against chain and bravo, but not very good on its own because it doesn't buff. So right. if you like buff, dominate, poison the tips, it's the dream. But otherwise it blocks for two. Right. And pitches, but you know, it's anyway. Totally. A, lot, a lot of cards, I guess. But it, I just like don't have the answer. Right. For what, you yeah. know, what's a better card. Well, I mean, all things aside, like, you know, you've done a Herculean feat, you know? <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. And if you've gotten like oh, just a, a touch luckier in that top eight placing, like, you know, you might be the first or maybe the second, like road to Nats Azalea qualifier or definitely. nationals qualifier. Yeah, definitely. I definitely would have taken any of those other matchups above the chain. Um, may not have won, you know, right. them, but uh, there's definitely some players at the, the top table that uh, I would have preferred to face. Right. But, Still great you know, job. That's how it goes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very proud of you. Thanks, bro. Yeah, totally. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and then uh, we'll be right back with our discussion on like uh, the effects of pro magic players. We're back and um, I've done enough talking for now, but I want to say like, (laughs) but let me do some more. (laughs) No, um, I would be happy to like uh, share my deck list or talk to anybody about Azalea at any time. Um, you know, I'm on Discord and stuff. But uh, we're going to move on. Oh. And Twitter. You're on Twitter. And, tw- and now on Twitter. <laughs> that was my Twitter voice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway, what, what's up next? We got uh, yes. a bunch of heavyweights moving into the game. <laughs> totally. So we see now that like Channel Fireball posted... Uh, that uh, Huey Jensen is uh, who who I think won the Magic Worlds um, in 2017 is going to be at Vegas, and we see I'm sorry, um, very professional Polish player uh, won a road to Nat a 90 person road to Nats. Wow! Yeah, in, in Poland. Um, so what what's kind of your you know initial feelings now about professional TCG players entering uh flesh and blood competitive scene? Um I I well I don't know. But <laughs> just to me it, it's it's going to make these uh classic answer. <laughs> yeah, totally. I still have not a uh, gotten better about that (laughs) but um i think it uh what do you think about this meta call isaac and these cards subbed in for that matchup i don't know i don't know (laughs) great thanks best testing partner (laughs) um so i think i mean it's gonna make things like the calling right if you're trying to be competitive at the calling or nationals or whatever obviously um you know the uh little pond just got a lot bigger right but i don't think it's gonna affect you know anything under top 32 at the calling or nationals or whatever, right? Like uh, so far, I don't think there's enough influx of pros to affect your road to Nats. Um, we've already seen 
some like very skilled magic players playing at road to nats but you know maybe they take the top two spots or whatever right. and then there's still you know the rest of us there <laughs> i don't know what it were uh you brought this topic up what were your thoughts on the um uh it's got move? yeah it's kind of a mixed bag right like i'm appreciating that it's a bunch of uh regulars in the game you know and that's kind of you know, kind of maybe the coward's answer. You know what I mean? Like, I'm happy that it's, you know, I don't know, that you can just, like, show up to a road to Nats and, like, you know, go 8-0 and win it. You know, that's, like, pretty, oh, yeah, that's pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, so it's, like, I can see at the, in a year, easily, that, like, our advantage of being early adopters And, you know, having been in the game and trying to be competitive at it, like, is going to slip away very quickly, you know, as for someone who's, like, been playing, you know, competitive magic for 10 years or whatever. You know what I mean? Just, like, it it would be the same as, like, you know, when professional athletes, like, switch sports. If you're just, like, really athletic, you're going to be, like, do fine. Yeah, and you know I, what I mean. They have the brains and practice for, it. and yeah, as we totally. see in flesh and blood, you and know, like, like the the big thing I think is sorry to cut you off, no, but ahead. like the resources, right? Yeah. Like the lifestyle. Like okay, I'm gonna prepare for this event. I'm gonna move to wherever the event is gonna be held for the next month with my two other buddies. We're gonna rent a house and we're just gonna like play ten hours a day, and, yeah. s- and try to solve as much as we can. You know. Yeah, definitely. And it, I mean, again, like when I speak of my advantage, having played Azalea for a long time, it's again, that only carries weight against newer players, right? Because while flesh and blood is tough, if you're like predisposed to it or practiced at card games, and if you have the time for rep, I mean, you could become like a, you know, chain or Bolton expert or whatever in three months. Right. No problem. Yeah. Um, But maybe learn more the more you play. Yeah. To, to play competitively, I right. think. Yeah. yeah. And then the other side of that coin is that I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Let's freaking go. You, you're stepping now into my realm. Off with their heads. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Let's go. I'll sit across from the table from you and, and we'll duke it out, you know. I'm just a regular dude who, you know, lives on an orchard. <laughs> who are you? Oh, world champ? You're dead. You know, so like that is also part of it as well. But I think it's, you know, because this has happened, I've started to be like, okay, well, what does professional freaking magic look like, you know, as not being a magic player myself? Like, okay, well, what does the world's YouTube stream look like? And it's like, oh, this looks like a real sport. We have commentators (laughs) and uh, we have like a light show. And we have commercial breaks, you know, oh, right. et cetera. You know, everybody who's commentating is like in a suit, you know, it, it like obviously that has been the production value is like really, really high. Yeah. And, you know, you win a hundred thousand dollars, you know, if you, if you get first place. So, uh, that type of influx of like talent or, you know, players interested in this game is probably is you know obviously very good for it as well in terms of like having a game that i really love that i've created a podcast about am like you know a hundred 100th internet famous for uh would really appreciate the growth 
yeah. with, with new professional uh, players involved, you know. Definitely. And, I mean, it's going to get there some day or another, right? It's just yeah. Yeah, totally. happening now. Yeah. So, it, and, it, and it goes to, like, okay, well, I can win a road to nationals. You know, maybe I'll win two. Who knows? Or top eight, two, or whatever. You know, who knows? I'll, maybe I'll scrub out this coming weekend. Uh, and then, you know, I have, you know, I think a good a chance as anybody with our, like, testing group and our methods and stuff to like accomplish my goals at like the calling, you know, and do reasonably well at nationals. But once we add in pro players, it's like, cool. Now I like, you know, the level I can attain at my current investment, uh, goes down. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So then I have to ask myself like the tough questions of like, okay, well, how good do we want to be? How much more time do we want to put in? You know, that sort of thing while still having like a career and hobbies other than flesh and blood and like a balanced lifestyle and that sort of thing, you know, which I suppose is the struggle for us non-pros. Yeah, definitely. You know, like it's not your job and you have other hobbies or whatever. Right. I would argue right now, though, like you have a lot of practice, you know, you're running like in my opinion, the best deck, right? Like, um, not to just talk us up here, but <laughs> you know, I think at the moment, like you could go toe to toe with, you know, like magic pros coming over or with like other very good flesh and blood wow. players, you know, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. But like, as you said, as the years roll by and players are like more and more invested in more and more practice, you know, um, you or anybody would have to input an equal amount of energy to keep up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. It's uh, inevitable and interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, it's cool. It's like it's just a wild time to be in flesh and blood, like in it to where, you know, like what's going on. You're like involved. You know what I mean? Cause it's so early still. Yeah. Well, it's just crazy. The time we got in, like the game has grown so much in one year Yeah, and we have grown so much with it in one year. Yeah. You know, we got in kind of at a good time right. to watch it grow. So, I mean, I know it started smaller and grew before us, but um, right. you know, it's been a pretty wild ride. Yeah. It definitely has. And that brings me to my second PSA or action item. And I'm sorry it's so late in the episode, but the true fans who have listened this whole time will take up the call. So we have our own calling of sorts. So uh, this month, right, this episode is basically going to come out on our one year anniversary. And we have gotten no props or love from LSS. Right. This is episode 25, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Maybe I think 26. So. I don't know. Uh, uh, whatever. It's enough to where <laughs> I can't keep track anymore in my head how many we've done. And we've missed out on the uh, content creator appreciation kits. We didn't get any spoilers for Crucible, for Monarch, and allegedly right now it. I don't think we're getting any for Tales of Aria. And that hurts. Right? Yeah. 
pretty lame. It's like I mean, Crucible, whatever. We were barely on the map. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it would be uh, nice to get some uh, communication from LSS. Right. Yeah, and I have personally emailed them, uh, letting them know that we're like a thing. Uh, we filled out the content creator thing on our profiles. We emailed them after the there was an article that basically said, hey, did you miss the content creator support kit? Let us know, you know. Um, and, you know, we've been with this game through the fucking longest drought and coming up with content <laughs> for fucking podcasts and stuff when absolutely nothing was happening during COVID. The COVID winter yeah. drought. Yeah. yeah. And um, so what we are asking you, our listeners is to tweet at James White, send them emails. You know, you don't need to be mad or upset. I mean, do what feels right in your heart, but we yeah, just, just... just friendly things. We, but if everybody could just send an email to LSS. Yeah, if we could just get a little support from you guys saying like, hey, this is a great podcast. Taylor and Isaac, the Battle Bros, are amazing they both have top aided Road to Nats. Why is nobody giving them the recognition, you know, et cetera? Because uh, I know we come off as like a couple of goofballs, you know, but I mean, really, we put in quite a lot of effort. We do the majority of our podcasts in person and we like live an hour away from one another and you know, we put in the time weekly to test to be the best players we can be, um, you know, and that sort of thing. And so it just kind of chaffs us in the ass that, you know, because we maybe don't have just like a fucking YouTube channel that's really good that we like don't get the type of kind of support that other people get that you know have a different style than us so that's that's our action item send send them the the mails give them the business yeah totally and it's like at least for me i'll just speak for myself but you know i don't want like a bunch of free shit or promos or anything it would just be you know like there's a lot of content creators and lss is very good about supporting their community um and i'm not sure if they know we exist (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, you know, um, so that would be nice uh, if it doesn't happen. We uh, love and support all of our listeners. and Thank you guys very much. Yeah, um, I mean, you're the, definitely the reason we do this. But yeah, I mean, you weren't initially, but you definitely are now. You know, the, you know, being getting to become friends with Thor, Mike and Colin, you know, and Chris, even, you know, all the people who are supporting us on patreon and involved in our discord like that small but growing community is uh i don't know like one of my favorite things in the morning when i wake up to see if anybody's posted anything you know so it just really means a lot to us that we are just two (laughs) fucking best friends in the middle of nowhere who decided to on a whim make a thing and that people enjoy it and i thought a game nobody had ever heard of <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> and have decided to like you know you know become our kind of extended 
flesh and blood family and friends, you know, so that just uh, is really heartwarming. I've had uh, a very tall whiskey cocktail, so I'm getting a little emotional. <laughs> oh, are you just... <laughs> <laughs> but it's all from my heart, though, also. Totally. It's just showing what's inside. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. And speaking of, so for uh, while we're on the subject, totally. you can support our Patreon. Really helps us out um, for the price of, you know, a cup of coffee or a beer at a bar or whatever, um, as low as four bucks a month. And join our Patreon and join our Discord where we all hang out and we can talk about Chain and Azalea or, you know, whatever the fuck you want. Totally. I mean, the dopest thing the other day, and I wish I could have joined in, but we had some folks over at the house. Um, but like, you know, we got a channel just for hanging out and spoilers came out, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Right. And Colin, the people's champ, was just like, hey, I'm just going to be in the hang zone if anybody wants to just like talk spoilers rather than like uh messaging about it and like you know thor mike was in there just a lot you know if you're we should probably start our own drinking game when we mention (laughs) these two uh but you know that was just like so cool that there that it's uh, a cool enough little community we have where people will like you know turn on their webcams and hang out and actually talk to one another totally by the time i got back from the event where i was staying uh there was nobody in the hangout zone anymore and i was like oh shit yeah but yeah it's very cool yeah totally um Um, so then segue spoilers wait i had a question based on a previous segue who you bring into road to nuts this weekend oh i don't know nice okay yeah i don't know i think i'm gonna bring leviah (laughs) i'm sick you just wanted to throw that little peanut on top of the pile I oh no I actually, do you throw peanuts on top of piles i don't know yeah the peanut pile oh, okay um i don't i uh i know i actually wanted to know who you were gonna bring yeah i don't know yet yeah what that's cool you don't have to know oh wink a little winky winky no, 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 no. Oh. come on man what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> just kidding uh oh the secret deck the secret deck the secret deck yeah coming. totally cool uh um, sweet <laughs> Okay, spoilers. So, first thing I want to note. You're at Road to Nats, right? Fucking everybody up with Azalea. And then what do we get? Ranger spoilers. It was your day, dude. Yeah, that was great. And then you whiffed it and lost in quarters. (laughs) I I saw the spoiler after. That was not in my head. Totally. I'm just saying, like, it was was the destined day and you blew it. (laughs) I whiffed. (laughs) It was like swing and a miss. And then a bulldozer runs you over and crushes you. <laughs> it's totally. It's pretty bad. Okay, so uh, let's start with Lexi. Yeah, totally. Go right. ahead. You read it out, brah. Um, so Lexi, Livewire. Okay, wait. Sidebar. A lot of the name, comma, nicknames in this game are very bad, and they need to step up their game. Viscerai Runeblood is very bad. Azalea, Ace in the Hole, also very bad. Yep. Dorinthia, Ironsong terrible rune blood is not even it's just what he is yeah totally or it's but like so it's too close it's just because bravo showstopper sick yeah agreed um chain bound by shadow that's pretty good too <laughs> um yeah i think it's just in stark comparison to because i think the lore in this game is so good and the game design itself is so good it's like the artwork in the lore is like top notch so then when some things like a, a name or a certain painting or like a um 
what do you call it? The, the little flavor text yeah. is like real bad. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, did yeah. somebody phone this in like an overtime? Yeah, or something? T- totally. Live but. wire. Come on, man. We can do better. <laughs> we can do better. Okay. Sorry. But go ahead. Uh, I do like the artwork though. Yep. Um, okay. Lexi Livewire. Intelligence 4, Health 40. No surprise there. Um, essence of Ice and Lightning. You may have Ice and Lightning cards in your deck. So um, let's talk about this for a second. There's uh, <laughs> It's looking like maybe there's three different talents to this set, right? And each hero could have multiple talents well, or so, something in that realm. Well, I think the talent is elemental, right? And that there's subsets to that. Okay, well... Right? That's just semantics, though. Well, no, it's important. Because if they're all, like, let's say we get a guardian and a wizard, it would be right. elemental guardian, elemental wizard. Okay, they're with all separate, elemental. With separate essence. Okay, yeah. so then there's, you know, three different subsets, maybe, of elemental. Right. And, uh, right. So this is my take on that, right? Is that we can't have, like, uh, ice and lightning and then fire and earth and then two other more two others right there's only going to be uh six i think there will be three well so and each one will have two or there's four yeah 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 but there has to be overlap so then maybe if we have guardian they're like earth and lightning right and then the other one is like earth and uh, ice ice or whatever you know so then they're all unique or fire and ice right or whatever so they all there's overlap for drafting totally so then there may be um ice or lightning ranger cards and ice or lightning uh generics right right i freaking Um, called this too remember when we were driving to mckinleyville to oasis gaming and i was like this is my theory it's gonna be subsets oh yeah you know remember that yeah good job Totally. Not on recording, but... One, one out of 20 uh, theories. I did it. Another reason we should have a spoiler! <laughs> okay, anyway, sorry. I'm going to really have to edit that. Just redline that. <laughs> that. The screen's all blue with the levels <laughs> yeah, there. Really. Um, okay, so... I'm not confirmed. We may have more than three subsets or whatever, but right. that's kind of what it's looking like. Which right. will make it really interesting to draft, right? Like, if... Uh, you know, you could draft lightning generics first, maybe. And then maybe you're only limited to, say, Guardian and Ranger or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. And then them all being flexible would make the draft ability much, much better. Right. 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 Um, so her ability is once per turn action, turn a face down card in your arsenal face up. If it's a lightning card, your next attack this turn gains go again. Yes. <laughs> If it's an ice card, create a frostbite token under target hero's control. Go again. Um, so, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Tell, tell us something about okay. it. So that does not work with uh, the current ranger legendary, right? Because it's her ability. That's a once per turn action that flips a card up. So then it takes your ability to opt things out of your deck. Right. Which is unfortunate sure i mean there's like lots of lines where you can still right so put it, a card in then opt yeah one so if something. you have a take aim in arsenal yeah flip it up opt one 
play it, reload, use her ability to flip up what you reloaded. Right. You know, give it um, dominate, you, which it feels like or, because uh, of go again. Or something. Yeah. Because of the number of Azalea cards with reload, it, it just feels like a lot of them like poison the tips, uh, rapid fire. Um, so that's even called, I don't even know. <laughs> There's just a lot of majestics and very good Azalea cards with reload that feel underutilized. Right. Um, that seem to be maybe more viable here. Right. Right. Because rapid fire, it's only arrows fired face up from your arsenal that gain go again. Right. So then Lexi's ability would allow you to fire an arrow off maybe. And then if you reload one, she can turn it face up. Hell yeah. With go See, again. this is the reason we have you on the podcast <laughs> is because I hadn't thought of any of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I've just reloaded 10,000 times in my life. So it's just like, totally. um, well, so there's uh you're right. It does conflict with that. If you have one card in arsenal, that might make it a little clunky, but uh, depending on how you build the deck, it, right. it yeah. may be just and then fine. Paving helix, putting another arrow in, means you can still yeah. cross wrap and stuff. Right? Is it called I cross pa- wrap? I think paving helix is face up, but is it? Uh, has to hit too. Oh, okay, right. right. Yeah, skullbone cross wrap. <laughs> just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I know what it is. Uh, the other part is the when you. I have like, so when spoilers come out, I have to take a couple of days to settle in because I never read them perfectly. I'm just like, and then you find out that it says create a frostbite token under any player's control or target hero's control. So you could target your opponent. Right. And right. a frostbite token sounds like a negative token. Right. Yeah. Which would Fro- be the frostbite sucks. The first one of its kind in this game. Yeah, which would be kind of in theme with what Ranger is kind of doing, right? Like yeah. traps, tricky tricky shit, you know, like hit effects, a lot of disruption, that sort of thing. Definitely. Um, I really am liking the token design space, right? So we get allies and monarch, and now we're getting like tokens you can give your opponent. Yeah, Like definitely. that's so cool. I, re- I really, really like that. Yeah, the tokens add a lot of flavor that don't like encroach in like game design space right because they don't take up deck space or anything right you know yeah 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 it's kind of more free to do whatever they want with tokens so that's like super cool yeah definitely um i i do like the go again um because again the (laughs) because go again the uh you know it, it feels like azalea could benefit from you know, and I'm not trying to flirt with becoming overpowered or whatever, but it feels like she could benefit from a little bit more go again. Like you have a lot of arrows and a lot of attacks and because you don't have any weapon, you have to use a lot of arrows in your deck yeah. and um, just a little bit more flexibility with go again would certainly help. Um, I also, I, I just like the design space of this hero because I'm like hoping it'll be as complex as Azalea and as much fun to play for that reason. And I kind of like this design space because it could be like, you know, if you arsenal something this turn, right, and then flip it up and you get go again, but maybe the hand you drew doesn't match with that. Or maybe you set it up for frostbite, but the hand you drew doesn't match that. So I think it'll be a lot of balance, you know between what you set up, how you build your deck, it leans one way or the other, how you like manage right. that yeah. interaction. Yeah, right? that's really fun. Like, oh, I could be more of an ice or lightning player or right. generic or combo, right? Like the deck building stuff adds 
a lot, right? Which is uh, what you would really want out of heroes. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you, when you initially get them. Now, this is before we see really any other cards. And it could just be like, oh, the lightning cards are above curve. We're just going to run light, lightning Lexi. Right. You know, ice is like a bunch of bullshit. Uh, get that out of here. You know, or whatever. Definitely. You know what I mean? Or they're, yeah. So, but right now in the early days, you're like, cool. There's potentially all of these different archetypes I could build as. That's so fun. Yeah, we get to speculate as much as we want with no evidence. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it also, as with the monarch heroes, the first talent-based heroes, um, she seems like uh, pretty tied to her talent maybe. So then if you include like remorseless or sleep dart or whatever, any like non elemental arrows, they might still function very well in her deck, but she can't flip it up and give it go again. Right. Right. But you could flip up a lightning arrow, give it go again, fire it and then load remorseless and fire it or something along those lines. Or it's just, we've seen with all of these talents that your deck needs to be heavily what that character's trying to do, which I think balances them. Right. Or it could be the uh, tome arrow that allows you to draw a card. Whoa. <laughs> Sold. That sounds great. Yeah, totally. Scroll arrow, draw a card, <laughs> and then you get to give it go again. I don't know. Um, okay, so the next card we also got spoiled is Shiver. Terrible name. Like, compared to Death Dealer. Also borderline terrible, but... It, evokes a real you know kind of thought you know what i mean shiver frostbite would be a good name for her bow yeah you know yeah even redliner's not bad but shiver we're just really whiffing (laughs) we're we're doing great in everywhere else whiffing the names okay so shiver is an elemental ranger weapon bow two-handed it has a once per turn instant that costs one resource. You may put an arrow card from your hand face up into an empty arsenal area you control. Now let me say that again. Empty arsenal area, right? So not as in like Death Dealer or Azalea's comments, right? Say like in arsenal, right? Not area. Uh, If you do, you get to choose one of these two things. One, it gains plus one until end of turn, or it gains dominate until end of turn. Now, I looked up Bravo's ability, and his does say also until end of turn, but it's cards that cost three or more, right? So in a situation that you can pay for all of these things, right? I suppose you can dominate Rouse the Ancients, which has go again, and then dominate another Not a three card. card yeah it's just c- cards that cost three or more that's why it's so good in- oh bravo yeah it's not bravo cards correct yeah that's oh. why it's super good in limited hmm. yeah and there's all those like three cost cards but so like we've discussed many times here over the you know our small anyway we've discussed this right until end of turn is really interesting because yeah. There's cards like Endless Arrow, right? But then looking at the rules, once a card comes back to your hand, it loses its hit effect. 
or, or it's, it's yeah it's, it's like it's buff. buffed ability or whatever yeah it's like gained attributes while it was right. in play there's like i can't re- i should have looked this up i can't remember what the term is but once it goes back to your hand it, there's a term for it loses right those in play granted buffs right and it's just a blanket rule yeah so i don't know if and we're speculating here without looking up the exact rule but you can tweet at us now if we're wrong <laughs> and we'll we'll get to that uh but so like potentially if you don't break the combat chain right because this is an instant and we know now that it's been ruled that instants do not break the combat chain that you could endless arrow dominate get it back to your hand instant it back in and uh well i guess you would have to have done that already anyway and so it doesn't work right because it's a once per turn instant put an arrow in there i mean you could start with endless arrow in arsenal though. right but you yeah. don't have a way to give it dominate until the end of turn unless it hits right oh right 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 right, right. so it hits goes back to hand yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you got to figure out how to reload it anyway so now but then we use braveforge bracer or not the bracers bracers of whatever bullseye bracers yeah bullseye there we bracers. go <laughs> There's too many bracers. Put it back in. Now it's for five. Dominate. Maybe that's what's happening. Probably not as we talked it through. You have to give it go again for each of those. Yeah, totally. It's all (laughs) fucked up. Uh, But it's just interesting that a weapon is an instant that isn't Crucible of Aetherweave and has two separate modes. Yeah, and it's interesting that it says games dominate until end of turn. It's just... um, yeah, I don't know where we're going with this, but the <laughs> fact that they specify until end of turn is a little odd instead of it gains dominate. Yeah, because I would, I wonder, I'll look it up right now while you talk about the next card, but cards like uh, Slog is a, or Regurgitating Slog, right? That it gains dominate innately or even Pulping. Do they just say it gains dominate or does it say it gains dominate until end of turn? I think Pulping it, says dominate. Because if it's just that, then there is a bit of nuance there between the two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, talk to us about this other card and I'll come well, back to it. I also want to say that Shiver is an elemental ranger weapon, right? So cannot be used with Azalea. Um, but with the last set, each hero got two weapons. Right. Right. Like one specifically Shadow Brute and one that's just like Brute. So right. there could be another majestic or not weapon that azalea could use as well um pulping just says against dominate not until right. end of turn yeah so they specified that which was odd um so then our last oh also the instant effect of um loading your arrow to my point in our discord was like if you get um was it crippling crushed spinal crush spinal crush or um red in the ledger you literally can't do anything as azalea which i hypothesized and this may be wrong um might just be like a design flaw that they're trying to um compensate for right so then if that does happen then maybe you're able to just load an arrow and fire it because that would only be one action um which may not be the case but would like certainly help in those situations right that would be very very nice um also it being an instant and not breaking the combat chain makes like exude confidence plays like um a little bit more flexible and could be really rad there's also a world too (coughs) where you have instant arrows right that you can play on your opponent's turn yeah 
So or you, they just don't need to go again on your turn. Right. That might be very powerful. Yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. An instant arrow would have to be fired from an instant loading bow unless you put it there <laughs> beforehand. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that would be cool. I always <laughs> wanted to play wizard, so maybe uh, <laughs> I don't even have to. <laughs> um, all right. Our third spoiler is Weave Lightning. I assume it comes in all colors. Um, but the red blocks for two, costs nothing, and reads. Oh, it's a lightning action. And it reads, the next lightning or elemental attack action card you play this turn gains plus three. Plus three attack. If it's fused, it gains go again. And Weave Lightning has go again. Right. So, uh... And it's, you say it's zero cost and blocks for two? Yeah. Okay. Um, no idea what fused is. They're very good at their spoilers. (laughs) Totally. All right, here's my theory on fused. Because I appreciate you always being like, I don't know. And, and then in this spoiler situation, when we're testing, I need you to have answers. Anyway, uh, one of the things I wonder is, so we've, follow me down this rabbit hole. So we, we now have like locations, right? The library, which right. is like kind of a classic way to introduce things at a higher rarity that are going to be more prevalent in other sets to get everybody used to it, right? So now we're talking about kind of permanent things on the board. So a frostbite token could be a permanent thing that's on the board that you could get rid of, right? But is kind of out there maybe for more than one turn. So now we have the battlefield is potentially flooded with different elements that are out there. And perhaps attacks will get have the fused keyword that if X element or a element is on the battlefield you may fuse it and like consume that element and then it gains an additional effect that makes sense it does so then if we're going to be playing frostbite tokens under our at our opponent that potentially is maybe like costing them uh more attacks or they don't get go again or it reduces their intellect which would be too powerful uh, lose two life a turn uh, unless yeah. they do something right yeah that then you ha- would the choice would be do i want to fuse this attack i have and take away that negative effect or the kind of static effect that is out in the battlefield for this extra effect on this attack or do i want to leave it unfused and uh continue with its whatever ability not gain a bonus to your right yeah 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 now i hear you i have no idea (laughs) i just think certainly possible yeah it's just a cool idea right like another yeah uh, decision point within the game and build you a little bit of a board state if you have to somehow play something out or you know present an element just uh, in whatever way and then you're rewarded for it later by building on it. Yeah. If, you know, I play a frostbite token and then I can fire an arrow that mm-hmm. fuses with it to do something. Right. You know. Yeah. And we have, you know, a bit of a board state uh, kind of happening a little bit, right? With pr- the introduction of Prism, she's kind of right m- more so than Dash, right? Can kind of have more things out on the board 
Yeah. You know. Well, Dash has a lot, but most people don't play him. Right. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. So we we kind of already have that slight archetype. So, you know, flooding the battlefield with certain types of elements could, you know, can now be like a different kind of strategy or like a way to ramp up a resource that you can then use later, you know, such as soul or soul shackles or that sort of thing. Well, we'll find out. We totally will. Um, one one thing about this card that I would know, it says the next lightning or elemental action, which is confusing wording for me, right? Because if it's any elemental action and lightning is an elemental action, why wouldn't they just say your next elemental attack? Why do they say lightning or elemental attack action? Because they're, I guess, right? Because then that means that there's lightning traded cards that are not elemental that are not elemental it would seem that's right. like that's a lot of interpret that subsetted cards then within this set yep that's we'll really see. that's interesting because then are we like ch- chopping down on generics or maybe a lightning generic can be used by anybody because it's not an elemental talent oh shit i didn't even think of that that's pretty good yeah, we'll see. I mean, we're we're just spitballing here. We have no idea, but right. we'll we'll find out. It's just a good bit of logic. Of course, it's never going to yeah. work like that because we were like really <laughs> off on Monarch. Yeah, we love to hypothesize and then be wrong. As does everybody. Nobody can. I can figure no, it out. I like to hypothesize and be right. <laughs> <laughs> In theory. <laughs> yeah. Don't know. Um, but um. I would come back to Shiver for a second. And um, like you pointed out, it says Arsenal area. And people pointed out on Command and Conquer before that it clears all Arsenal, all cards in Arsenal, not right. just your card in Arsenal. Um, so this is a second card that references, you know, the Arsenal potentially being bigger than one um, card or one card slot. You know, we have no idea if even in this set the arsenal will be expanded. Um, but it's, know, it it seems would, like it, right? Yeah, that yeah. would be, and, and that would directly address my um, complaint about Azalea being like um, not being able to save a defense reaction in yeah. arsenal or a trap or anything, for example. Um, and you know, LSS had a uh, kind of tweet that was like multiple arsenal zones, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we didn't see that wording. Of course we did. <laughs> so, yeah, it could be a piece of equipment right. that you, you know, slot something else into your chess piece over there on the side or whatever. Right. Um, but <laughs> just side note, in multiple prison prism games i've broken my skullbone cross wrap and my tunic <laughs> mid game <laughs> to block their stupid herald draw two cards with go again because they're just gonna run away with it and i have no other way to block it for five dominates my, my, my fucking two pieces of legendary <laughs> equipment so with armor bad. <laughs> So anyway, that just goes along with my, all right, I'm done complaining now, but it's just, it's like so gnarly. <laughs> that's so funny. Okay. Good point. I think that's a great place to end this episode. <laughs> all right. Uh, take us out, Mr. Um, uh, closer. We are now on Twitter. Right. Um, at, at 
BattleBro Isaac and at BattleBro Taylor. Nailed it. So you can, uh, I'm not entirely sure how Twitter works, but you can tweet us out or whatever. Um, uh, we have a Gmail, the attack action podcast at gmail.com, um, patreon.com slash attack action podcast. Uh, we're on Instagram, um, Facebook. I don't know. We're all over the place. Um, hit us up. We love uh, listener mail questions. Love getting questions. Um, we love when people just like want to chat about, you know, the game, anything, send us emails, chat on discord, just hit us up. Um, you know, if somebody wants to play a, a webcam game or whatever, we just love you guys. <laughs> totally. Yep. Uh, you nailed it. That was it. Nice. I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Uh, again, thank you guys for, uh, or thank you people for being, uh, listeners of our podcast. We appreciate it. And, uh, we'll, uh, catch you guys next week. We never get to say that. Oh yeah. Yeah. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>